Warning, this podcast may contain Uranus jokes. Previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. And just because they were the closest team, I've been a Patriots fan, I guess, for most, you know, long enough that I can remember, like, literally saying to my TV, why are you sticking it to Bledsoe for this Brady kid? That's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) How'd that work out for you? Riverboat Ron says we're going to acquire a quarterback this offseason, so all our troubles are over, right? Oh, no, not again, not again, good Lord above. Don't wince me in. Commanders picking up a quarterback I truly do not love. Don't wince me in. Not Rogers, not Wilson, not even Drew Brees For 28 million and some draft picks to threes Been doing this forever, so I'm begging Danny please Don't wince me in So don't wince me in Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Littles. Hey, hey Ritz. Ritz. Ritz is back. How are you guys doing? Good. It's been Good. a minute. Yeah. Um, oh, listen, I love uh, you gave me a shout out in your last show. I guess something I wrote in. So yeah. I really appreciate that. Of course. It's, a, it's one of our main segments. The co-host that couldn't come on the podcast, or I shouldn't say couldn't come on. You're always... Like, oh, I can do it whenever. But sometimes when we decide to record at 1.30 in the morning, I just feel weird. <laughs> I know you're probably up, but I feel like I don't feel like I can text. Yeah. I feel like we that's... We don't want to wake you up. That's Well, he no, he always says he's up. I but know. I just, there's something about... I mean, I don't know what that line is. Yeah. Where's the line? Like, what's the latest you can text a friend? Right. And I know there's... No, it depends you know, I, on the friend. I, I, I do appreciate you guys because you haven't blurred that line of co-host friends, so... Yeah. Total respects to that. (laughs) But it is true that I keep some very odd sleeping hours. So you could feel free to probably text me anytime. Yeah. And then you're either up or you're not. Right. (laughs) Correct. Right. Well, we have to start, though. I mean, thank you, Steve Lipton, for that. I mean, another great jingle. We're getting like jingle sent in now. I know. This is really cool. Kind of cool. I just hope we're not stepping on the big show. That's all I care. That's what I told Steve. He's like, no, no, play this on your show. Now, he posted it already in one yeah. of the Tony Kornheiser groups. But listen, it's his jingle. No, I know. He can do what he said. He'd love it on both shows. Yeah. But, you know, I just I hesitate. Well, I think what we're I'm saying fine. is if it gets played on tomorrow's show, on the big show, it might stir. I don't think. I, well, whatever. Anyway, he gave us permission. We're playing it. Thank you, Steve <laughs> Lipton. Great. I've been waiting. I knew that was going to happen immediately. As soon as they got Carson Wentz. Yeah. And, you know, that's for our most of our local listeners, I would say. Not local to us. Yeah. But we do know most of our fans come I from the I do love area. the song that the jingle was set to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, real quick, in 30 seconds or less, Ritz, what do you, what do you think of the Carson Wentz trade? Uh, I think it's a step up for the, well, gosh, I almost slipped there. The, the Commanders. commanders. <laughs> yeah. Carson the Commander, I guess that's going to be the new rallying cry, right? Ooh. Yeah. And I guess it also, kind of on the downside, might speak some volumes that after one year, the Colts and his preferred coach are cutting bait and letting him go, right? Yeah. That's what I'm like. I don't know. But that's why we leave the sports to the big show, because... You know, right. I don't know. I just I've so shout the out legend to, of Taylor Heineke dies. Right, right, right. But shout out to Kevin Sheehan. He had a bunch of podcasts this last week. He had some great guests on and it, uh, always check him out. Obviously, we're big fans of his. Yep. But finally, March 13th. Happy March 13th. It is the day I sadly think littles are divided. It is the 72nd day, the 73rd in leap years in the Gregorian calendar, because it also marks the anniversary of the discovery of Uranus by William Herschel. That Uranus? Yes. Now, we know some people, we won't name names, who would prefer that William never be born so that he would have never discovered Uranus. Uh, never not funny. It's never not funny, but we understand. Now, that's the one. You know, it's funny. We do these all the time. We're up, this is, well, episode 131. And the over-under, I'd say it's more like 85 over. Sure. yeah. But the Uranus jokes, that's pretty split. Yeah. Now, we don't ask it every time, so we don't really know. But for the most part, when we have asked it, I'd say it's almost 50-50, if not like 60-40 towards our side. Never right. not funny. Right. Sorry, Claire. 
I actually have a cute story about Uranus. Oh, <laughs> Roxy. All right, I'm going to put the explicit tag on this episode. Uh, okay, can we? Is this family friendly? Go it ahead. absolutely is. Oh, family okay, friendly. well, you're talking about your. Well, anyway, go, Roxy, go. My Uranus. Is that what I mean, it would Ritz, be? can you tell her when you jumped on here what you said about the? Uh, which we'll get to because there's a lot of tuna fish talk. But yeah, Ritz, you come on and you go. Hey, Roxy, I appreciated your uh, comment. What'd you say? Oh yeah, in the last episode when you guys were talking about. I guess, Chuck, your dismay about what she ordered. Easy killer. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll get there. No spoiler alert here. <laughs> but just hearing Roxy say, hey, I walked into Subway because all I wanted was a foot long. Right. <laughs> here you go. It was worth it. Right. Well, I don't yeah. know. Now she's talking about my uranium. Go ahead, Roxy. Go ahead. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, five or six years ago, we were on tour with White Christmas. We were on the tour bus. And one of our swings was traveling with her son at the time. He was maybe two years old, three years old, just learning how to talk. And she was trying to educate him on the planets and the states and things like that. It was just a fun tour bus game for him. Shout out, Michael. I know. He's so sweet. And so he would go through the list of the planets and he would get to Uranus and he would say, Uranus. And I had to stop and be like, I thought it was Uranus. <laughs> but he he was consistent. He always said Uranus. Then... Fast forward, I saw a video clip of the Ellen DeGeneres show where she's on a kid's segment. She has this cute girl named Brielle on and she talks about the planet. She's a big avid scientist for a child. It's awesome. Anyway, she says many people like to joke about the name of this planet, but it's actually pronounced Uranus. So she clarified that it's not Uranus. You have to say Uranus. I got thrown out of my eighth grade science class for saying, how big is Uranus, Mrs. Small? <laughs> Here you go. It was worth it. I think the uh, Uranus pronunciation was put into popularity by frustrated eighth grade science teachers who Probably. You know, just didn't want to deal oh, with it. I just thought it was Claire. That <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I mean, she's the editor, right? So I just thought maybe mm -hmm. she clarified that. Anyway, mm -hmm. all right, let's get big announcement of the episode. We've already been putting it on our Twitter page. We've been putting it on the Facebook pages. Littles, hit pause. Go to ESPN Bracket Challenge. Join the Loyal Littles Podcast group. We have the Loyal Littles Podcast Bracket Challenge. Don't forget to do that. All I'm going to say is well played, Scott Moffat. Roxy has no idea what I'm talking about, but well Why, played, happened? Scott Moffat. You'll find out. Well played, Scott Moffat. He's already in. And make sure you join the Loyal Littles Podcast Bracket Challenge. Go to our Twitter page if you don't know the link. If I believe if you joined last year, all you have to do is hit rejoin. But just in case, password for our group only is use the code. Very simple, That's right? Great. Use the code, all <laughs> lowercase, all one word. Use the code. I want to say people at the end of that, but there's no people. <laughs> it's just use the code. So make sure you join some really great prizes, some really mediocre prizes. So we'll see what you end up with. But make sure you get your brackets in for that by because I'm not sure if we'll have another episode by the time the tournament starts because uh, the big show is going Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. I believe for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think the games start on Thursday. So depending on when we drop right. an episode, we'll see. Don't want to miss out on the fun there. All right. Let's get to uh, some of this. Lots of tuna fish talk this episode. Oh, so yeah. let's just jump right into that. We heard from Michelle Pendleton. She said, listening to the new episode, and although I I have never put cheese on a tuna sandwich. Isn't that kind of the point of a tuna melt? Or is it Chuck's fascination with the cheese on a cold tuna sandwich? I guess I should say cold cheese on a cold tuna sandwich as opposed to melted cheese on a tuna melt. And why am I putting this much thought into tuna and cheese? Michelle Pendleton. Now, I'm going to go through real quick some of these. Done it at Subway, provolone, not toasted, Steve Lipton from Dean and Damascus. She says, Subway makes the best tuna fish sandwiches. It's either that or meatball for me. Okay, now you're talking my language. I like the meatball. I love the meatball. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But you dig the tuna fish too. I don't know. I do. I just, I'm scared to... <laughs> and it, yeah. Anyway. Uh, let's see. Who else we got? We got Sully, tuna and Swiss. Uh, we heard from Lee Gordon. He's going to go, once again, I have to take Roxy's side in a feud dispute. Of course, you can put cheese on a tuna sandwich. I like provolone, but I'm also happy to use Munster, cheddar, or even Swiss cheese. Have you ever heard of a tuna melt? It ain't the tuna that gets melted. It's the cheese. 
Now, Rich, you also wrote in, come on, Chuck, haven't you ever heard about the tuna melt? For me, it's the litmus test of any respectable diner. Okay. To Roxy's point, I love the fact that anywhere you go, I remember out on a vacation with my kids, we're at some national park and we were starving after a long hike. And I don't know where it was, like in the middle of Utah. And then sure enough, there's a subway (laughs) right outside the gate of the national park. We're like, done. We're in. All reliable. Exactly. Yeah. Now, here's the thing for me. Okay. Now, I am fully admitting I was wrong and completely, completely forgetting about a tuna melt. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, I have never had a tuna melt. I will never have a tuna melt because the thought, and this is not just me, I said this to a couple other people and they went, like, and they almost (laughs) threw up in their mouth. Warm tuna to me is just wrong. It should never happen. Mm. Just my opinion. Mm -hmm. There's just certain things. And I want to hear from the littles on this because I know I'm forgetting because another one for me is cold coffee. If cold coffee touches my lips, I spit it back. What? Ice coffee? No, that's what I'm saying. Just even cold coffee. So I've never even tried iced coffee because I just, I can't imagine. It's so good. Coffee ice cream? No, no. But I'm not talking about flavored stuff. Sure. Okay. I'm talking about the form that you normally consume it in. Right. So tuna fish, Mm -hmm. but warm tuna fish. I just, to me, that's, it reeks like it would be spoiled because of the mayonnaise or whatever. Right. Okay. So wait, I have a question though. When you make a tuna sandwich at home from mm -hmm. the can, the can isn't in the fridge. So the can isn't cold. But the mayonnaise is. Okay. And actually, okay, sometimes what I'll do is after I mix it with you the mayonnaise, the I'll put it in the fridge for, fridge a, little for bit, a little bit, maybe mm-hmm. actually the freezer for a minute yeah. and then just take it out. So mm-hmm. it's chilled. Right. I, yeah. I can't do warm. I mean, room temperature I could probably do, but a tuna melt is hot because yeah. it has melted cheese on it. I top. honestly don't remember if I've ever had a tuna melt. But now I'm curious. This actually, I think, is another new segment. Like, hey, do I know my husband, right? So, yeah. Uh, Well, we're getting there, actually. Uh (laughs) Okay. Get out of my head, Ritz. Well, do you want to just go there now? Okay. Welcome to the new segment, Littles. Well, do you you know my husband? This morning, I was prepping for this show, and I quote Roxy, why'd you lick it? Oh, my God. (laughs) That's what you said, Roxy. You looked at me and you said, Why'd you lick it? Okay, the littles need context here, okay? (laughs) I promise it's not dirty. (laughs) All right, so I was prepping who's going to read what emails and stuff like that like we normally do, and I was getting all fancy, and I printed it out, and so there was a top section of the page that I wanted her, so I didn't want to print out a whole other page just for this top section. Yeah, and he didn't want me to see the other stuff. And I was too lazy to get up to get a pair of scissors, so I folded the paper neatly. Yeah. Nice and straight. That's normal. Then I unfolded it, folded it the other way. Right. Folded it back. Right. And then I licked it, the seam. You don't have to lick it. But it worked. Ritz, do you know what I'm talking about? I, to make it a better tear? I don't yes, know. Yes. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Right. You get a little wet. You lick it. I mean, I guess I have nails, so my nails can really pinch that seam. Well, I can pinch really it good. too, but you've never seen someone lick a piece of paper to then tear it? No. Wow. Okay, there you go. I'm with Roxy. I'm with Roxy. I never saw that either, but maybe it's an upstate New York thing. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it's a Chuck thing. No, Ritz, really quickly, because we have to get out of here. We have to go back. Now, in your email, you said about the tuna melt, it defines diners, you said. Now, so that means you must be a big fan, right? I love tuna melts. Absolutely. Um, Love melted cheese kind of on anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, they're all good with you for sure. I mean, and I will say my preference since other people weighed in, I do love the Swiss cheese on the tuna melt. Mm. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had a lot of Swiss too. It was either Swiss Swiss or cheddar. No, no, provolone. Provolone Provolone. was the other big. Uh Yeah, we had a lot of email and comments on that. So, but oddly enough, I don't put provolone on a homemade tuna sandwich. Is that weird? What? Yes. It's very specific. It's very specific to Subway. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right. Roxy, what do we got next? Our little podcast, newest random question is great. My answer to what's your favorite swear word, mine is unquestionably bullshit. You can use it with so many different inflections, some silly, some passionately, some in anger, in sarcasm. I just love it. And this is from Christopher Giannini. (laughs) really great on the accent thank you You really you really dove into that swear word roxy well well he has it in all caps oh i see all caps with i mean only one exclamation point but that's still pretty aggressive right Uh absolutely then we heard from lee gordon he gives us detail now we asked for it this is the you asked for it you got it segment of the podcast we're not calling these new segments though Uh, chuck and roxy you wanted a little more detail about me meeting louis armstrong it was a pretty quick encounter back in 1965 armstrong played a concert at the jfk coliseum in manchester new hampshire after seeing the show i went backstage to get an autograph 
Sachimo, the real one, not that Kornheiser guy, sat at a table in a dressing room autographing whatever the fans handed him. There was a radio on, and he was listening to the Red Sox game. I wish I knew what I did with that autograph. Come on, man. What are we what? doing? What? Yeah, that sounds like me with a certain autograph, but we'll get to that when we meet the Littles. And to take the connection a bit further, Roxy mentioned the Honey Taps sometimes appear with Vince Giordano and the Nighthawks. I'm not surprised. I'm not sure if I've ever met Vince. It's possible. But I'm good friends with his good friend, Uncle Roy Yolkson, whom I'm sure he has seen the Honey Taps more than once. Ah. Now... If I'm going to concerts in the mid-1960s, that makes me a bit too old to have watched the Animaniacs as a kid, but I am aware of them. In fact, I'm Facebook friends with Rob Paulson, who played Yako on the series. I have met him, but only once. Rob has also played Pinky in Pinky and the Brain. I have never met Maurice LaMarche, who played the Brain, but he did replace me one time as Dinosaur Soldier on the internet animated comic Alex Cop. Oh, and for today's Bury the Lead moment, I once met Paul Newman. Stop. Come on, man. Well, this is getting out of control here. All right, Roxy. Now, we love this one because Eric Barnes. Uh-huh. Okay. He is binge listening. He's the king of ketchup. He's I love him. king of ketchup. That's a good title. <laughs> king of ketchup. And But he gives us these little, and I always try to retweet him because he gives us these recaps of our own episodes. And yeah. I love it. He says, note to Chuck, you don't need to ask someone from Eastern Canada if they like hockey. Okay. Noted. All right. I, <laughs> whatever. New outstanding segment as well. What now, Sully? If God is just and fair, this new segment will be sponsored by Sam Adams. (gasps) Right? That's brilliant. Yes. So thank you, Eric, for that. I love that idea so much. Someone needs to get on that. I guess us. But anyway. I love that so much. All right. And then we heard from a new little. We love when that happens. This is from Jason Massart. I'm hoping I'm saying his last name correctly. You'll just have to come on the podcast so we can make sure we can learn. Spoiler alert. He is. Soon. Go ahead. Stop. So we will get the name right eventually. Yes. All right. So Jason says, Roxy and Chuck, I have been binge listening to your podcast and am on the 4th of July episode. Chuck mentioned his struggles with growing tomatoes from the high rise he lived on. I am a hobbyist beekeeper for hives, and it is entirely possible that the reason for the struggle was lack of pollination. Tomatoes require buzz pollination to establish the fruit. Bumblebees do this as well as other pollinators. Being up on the 34th floor may have contributed to the issues he ran into. Sorry for the very late response to the podcast, but as said, I am trying to catch up. Okay. First of all, information for life. Yeah, that's really good. That is information for life. Yes. We we might dig into that. Yeah. When we talk to him. him. When we meet (gasps) him. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'll save it for that because we're running long here. Yeah. And then we do have the portion of, if you're not on the podcast, co-hosts, uh-huh, okay. you write in. Tiny mm-hmm. Chuck wrote in. He said, if you're at a theater, you sit. If you're at a stadium or arena, you stand. Or be prepared for people who want to stand. Yeah. Okay, but Chuck, it was one but person. read the room, Right, people. read the room. One person out of 200 <laughs> is standing in a section. I don't and know if I can... And hitting ag- the woman next to yeah, her. I don't know if I can agree with that. But then he also says, by the way, also in the 49 State Club... Oh. Okay. I hey, wow, know. that's pretty cool. I did not know. Now, Ritz, we heard that's about you now, but we never got a response from you. What state are you missing? Alaska. Oh. Same as you. All right, yeah. Chuck, tiny Chuck, if you're missing Alaska, we need to do this. Yeah. Like, road trip. Road trip. Loyal Little's road trip. <laughs> Little's road trip to Alaska. I need to get ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling, though, I have a feeling Chuck's been to Alaska. I bet he's played Alaska. Oh, Because Anchorage maybe. is on the touring charts right. for us, but I missed it twice. Yeah. I left the well, tour. maybe he missed it, too. Maybe. Who knows? All right. And then we're going to leave you with this. We heard from Ed Bott, mm-hmm. and he always has great things to, to mail in. And he wrote us this joke. When I was reading it on the paper, it just didn't sound right. So <laughs> I said to him, I go, Ed, I go, this ha- you have to do this yourself. Yeah. So, Littles, don't forget, we do accept sound bites. We do. So if you want to talk to us and you just want to send it in, you know, we'll see what we can do. But so before we get to our Meet the Littles guests, loyal Littles, Mr. Ed Butt. So Chuck and Roxy, your discussion the other day about getting around New York reminds me of a New Yorker cartoon from about 40 years ago. There are these two very waspy-looking guys in three-piece suits carrying officious-looking briefcases standing on a corner in midtown Manhattan. The one guy says, do you want to walk or do we have time to take a cab? Really? A guy from upstate New York and a girl from suburban Connecticut who both live in Manhattan can't tell a joke about New Yorkers? Come on, man. 
You're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the W, hey, that's me, WTFC Podcast Network. in this episode by Brett Wiscons, and this song is called Late Bloomer. Now, we a couple months back played his new single called October, and if you like what you hear, you can find all Brett's stuff at his website. That is brettwiscons.com. That's B-R-E-T-T-W-I-S-C-O-N-S.com. And don't forget, his new album will be dropping next month, April 2022. So keep a lookout for that. And as always, we'll play the full song. Late bloomer at the end of the podcast. Too many worries on the break. Will the light cascade around me? Will I track the righteous rain? Cause I know I've got potential to reach the stars from way down here. All right, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. And Roxy, are you ready for this one? I think I am. We're, we're finally going to get to the bottom of something once and for all. Uh-huh. Okay. But I'm going to let this person introduce themselves, and so we can finally hear how it's supposed to be said. Please welcome to the podcast, Jason Blazer. Hey, Jason. How's it going? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Oh, we're good. We're good. We're hanging in there. Yeah. You know, it's a little late, but we're, we're glad to be doing this. Oh, and yeah. We, we're night owls. We're glad to get this on, because we're not going to bury any leads here. Okay. Well, we'll see. Well, we'll see. But <laughs> this one, we're not. Okay. Please introduce yourself, but first tell everyone where you are from. So I am actually a transplant. I'm not from here, but my Littles universe claim to fame is that I live in Lake Orion, Michigan. All right. Wait, wait. Say that one more time. Slower. Now, see, it, it's. I think that's kind of part of the, <laughs> the local speech is that you just hammer right through it. It's Lake Orion. Oh, I see. That's the trick. Lake Orion. Lake Orion. Yeah. No. no. Oh no no no. That's not it. Okay. All right. <laughs> See, it doesn't work. So no. I'm not from here. I'm I'm originally from Kansas City, but my wife's from the general area, and we moved here about six years ago. And I also, because when you first move here and drive by, you see it on a sign, mm-hmm. and what everybody's original familiarity is the constellation. Right. The constellation right. is Orion. But it's just one of those weird Michigander speech things where the spelling is nothing like the pronunciation. Now, is that just for the place or is does that also apply to the constellation? I thought you were going to say, does it apply to the lake? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's based on a dragon. It's a whole thing around here. It doesn't really make any sense. It's just about there's across the street from where I live is literally Lake Orion. And I just said it wrong now. Gosh, you guys got me all twisted. Lake <laughs> Orion. <laughs> right, Overthink it and it gets all messed up. I know. <laughs> all right, I'm just, this is good. So when I do it, I'll be like, look, man, the guy who's from there said it wrong. So I'm okay. No, I'm just kidding. Well, you're not from there. So we should, we should clear that up. And you did very well. Yeah, because I yeah. thought that was my bad. I thought you were, you, you had told me you weren't originally from there. But uh, so let's go back. You said about six years ago, but did you grow up? Did you go to school in Kansas City and all that stuff? Yeah, so uh, my parents moved to Kansas City in my baby years, and I lived there through my whole school. I left to go to the University of Kansas in Lawrence, which mm. is just uh, I know it well. about 45 minutes away from the Kansas City area. Is that um, the uh, LEED Center? Is that the name of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, played the there many Art times. Is, LEED Arts Center is just like across the street on a big bridge away from all the dorms. Yeah. It's kind of on the outskirts, and it's a beautiful. I saw like, oh, it's gorgeous. Uh, Ben Fold's concert ah. there. Oh, nice. Things. That campus is very lucky what? to have that. Yeah, absolutely. And went back to Kansas City after school and landed in restaurants. 
and went to Chicago for a couple of years and then Tulsa and St. Louis and Denver and ultimately winded back in Kansas City where I met the woman to whom I'm related by marriage. And uh, when we decided to settle down and she graduated school, we moved here, which is where she's from originally. Uh, she's the oldest of six and I'm an only child. So my oldest is now the oldest of, a, of eight cousins. Oh. So big, happy family. That's why we're in Michigan. Oh, amazing. Nice. That's great. Now, what did you major in college? I was a psychology major. Uh-oh. Cool. Yeah. When you, when you, <laughs> when you catch up on your Super episodes, cool. you're going to find out how Chuck liked psychology in college. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It was so interesting that I took all of the most advanced classes that the university had to offer. Then I was done with all of those, and all that was left over was the remedial basic stuff, and I found it all boring, and I stopped. And then you said you got into restaurants? Yeah, yeah. So I was bartending, serving all of that jazz to essentially pay for my college. Mm -hmm. Right. And then when I decided that I didn't want to do it anymore, I got more serious about that as like kind of a career option and got into management. For about the last 10 years before leaving that industry, I was a general manager of a couple of different concepts. Gotcha. Oh, cool. Now, you might not know this, and I swear this, there is a reason I'm asking this, but is the Applebee still near there on campus? You know, I haven't been to that side of campus. Like, I went to the field house to watch some basketball games gotcha. a handful of times. Okay. But over off 6th Street, where the Applebee's was, I'm not sure if it's still there or not. Okay. I was just asking because I knew someone that worked there, and actually, I got an autograph on a bar napkin of Roy Williams. She was nice enough to grab that for me way back oh. when. when. This is showing you how old oh, I am. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So I think I still have it. It's probably in storage somewhere. Now, ironically, I wasn't even sure. If, she just totally mailed it to me. She surprised me. She was like, yeah, he came in tonight. Oh, I, was like, I was like, yeah, that was really nice. So Yeah, um, there was something interesting about living on campus and the basketball team were such celebrities. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like they were fellow students. You know, I, My class would have been like the uh, Kirk Heinrich and Nick Collison class. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, you bump into them on campus and it's like meeting somebody in the NBA. Almost. Absolutely. They're, they're pros. You know, yeah. they're going to be pros and you know, they're going to wow. be huge. And yeah, it must be. It's a totally different. World. We didn't... And what's funny, a couple of years older than them was uh, a guy who went in the NBA, didn't do it a lot. Uh, Eric Chenoweth, big, tall center. And my favorite story to tell about him is that he fell a lot. Like just walking around on campus. Wait, what? Oh, no. What do you mean he just fell? Like... Clumsy? Yeah, just like walking and yeah, clumsy. Just trip and fall and shoestring kind of thing. <laughs> and then he went on to play in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. He got a standing ovation in the Texas game. And yeah, it was, it was, it was funny. It was a, a nice dichotomy. Yeah, right. You know, that's interesting. I'm glad I'm not the only one. So professional dancers, too, that's kind of a thing where <laughs> you are so graceful on stage, but when you have to actually be a human being, you're so clumsy. <laughs> I have fallen numerous times, now, both down and up stairs, and I've fallen many times on stage. Well, I was going to say, to be fair, Roxy, you have fallen on stage because I've witnessed <laughs> that and scared the crap out of me. But Yeah, down the stairs, yes. actually. Yes. There were stairs on stage. Singing and I, fell. I remember. I was center stage in the spotlight with my dance partner. We charged down the stairs and I missed the step and and you bit it. I was on the ground. <laughs> but he gracefully Oh yeah, I me. I hit the stairs. I bounced all the way down and then he like scooped me up and we got into our first lift, our twirl. And he looks at me and says, "Are you okay?" I said, "Yeah, keep going." And then we were just laughing the entire time. <laughs> So, and what was the aftermath? Was it like a bruised and battered kind of uh, Yeah, I think I had some bruises on my legs, but mm. that one wasn't too, too bad. Yeah. Did you mean her ego or did you mean... Oh, my <laughs> ego was... Honestly, I was just laughing. I couldn't even think about my ego at no, the time. I... So now it's just every time I see my friend who is my partner, he's always like, hey, remember that time? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's a real thing where athletes graceful and are super talented but sometimes walking is hard <laughs> so a lesson for all of us you know yeah we're all human exactly but that must have been crazy going back real quick because 
Roxy and I didn't have that experience. We went to, well, Wagner's kind of, a, it's a division one for some sports, right? At the time it was division one, except for football. It was division one, double A, yeah, but no I one, have no idea what that means. But no one goes to Wagner to play basketball. Mm, no, no. They're division one school, I guess, but you know what I'm saying? No, my, I, our, mine was division three. So our water polo, our women's water polo team, I think was the most elite team out of all of our sports. So I played water polo at Kansas. No way. What? Very way. At KU, there is a water polo team and, or was, I don't think it's there anymore, but most schools within the Big 12 at the time didn't have a water polo team, so they had to essentially like redistrict who we could play. They called it the Great Plains Division, mm. and we played schools like Northern Illinois, and where else did we go? I don't know, but I mean, it was like we just had to kind of find people to play. Right. Whoever won that conference got to go get obliterated in nationals by somebody like Stanford or <laughs> Florida or whoever. But you made the tournament. You made the, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Cool it was like the play in, in the college basketball tournament. Exactly. It's yeah. like the American East, Division One. you know. <laughs> It's like if Binghamton yeah. ever got in, it would be like they'd be obliterated. But. That's so cool. Yeah, but the only difference is is that in the tournament now, a 16 has beaten a 1. And I don't think That's the play-in from the Great Plains Division in water polo would ever mm. be able to crack this top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would you say now? This might be interesting. What is your favorite sport then? And w- what teams do you root for? For sports, my number one passion would be that I'm a Chiefs fan, hands down. Okay. And then second place would be my KU basketball team. Oh, okay. Cool. The only problem with me in KU basketball, I'm still a fan, but it's just so hard to keep track. Unlike it was 20 years ago, not to sound old man, I should get off my lawn, but the one and done program that Tony rails on all the time, it's just the, the team's different every single year. There's no consistency. Yeah. The tournament is so much less like predictable because one hot hand, everything gets flipped upside down. I don't yep. know. But I still kind of bred into me. I kind of have to still root for him. Yeah, it's still March Madness. You got to love it no matter what. Exactly. So no baseball in there, huh? Well, so it's people that look outside in would say that I'm a complainer, but I uh, grew up a Royals fan. (laughs) And for most all of my life, uh, the Royals were a national joke. Like we used to play a drinking game called used to be a Royal during the All-Star game. Because we would get these little farm prospects and they turn out to be good players. And that's when they decided to go be a Yankee or a whatever. The Johnny Damons of the world, for example. Yeah. But then we got hot, you know, and we had a recent World Series. So it seems dumb to complain. But, yeah, they were just so terrible most of my life. They had the George Brett era, like, you know, 85. Yep. Yeah. And then after that, it's just nothing. My uh, hero growing up was Mike McFarland, the catcher at the time. Because I was a catcher, and he was a royal, and I didn't know any better. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, who? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, there was some rough times. But you finally, I believe you beat the Mets, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Was that Uh, 2015, um, right? Yeah, it was 2015 because it was uh, similar to the Chiefs with the exact, you know, divisible by five championships, years apart. Ah. Oh, yeah. So where do you think your Chiefs are going to go now? Are they dynasty of one, as Wilbon says? So I got in a couple of fights in our uh, little Facebook group about this Uh-oh. and that it's such I'm a listening. great phrase and Wilbon has absolute right to, you know, use it because it's very like memeable. Uh-huh. Yeah. But nobody from the chief's side was claiming that we were a dynasty. Patrick Mahomes wasn't getting on ESPN and saying, no, the chief's dynasty is taken off. Yeah. It was people like Wilbon saying, they're not a dynasty. Like, okay, well, we didn't, we didn't say that. We just <laughs> won the Super Bowl and we're hoping to go back this year. But well, and you, know, you, you can be mad. That, and weren't you like in the championship game like three or four years in a row? Yeah. So yeah. We, we, had the, uh, we had the AFC championship game where there was the infamous offsides against yeah. Tom Brady. Um, and then the Niners won. And then Tom Brady again as a buck where we had the worst offensive line in a Super Bowl maybe ever. And poor Mr. Mahomes just got yeah. creamed. Yeah. And then this year, Bengals had the hot hand, and we kind of fell apart in the second half. I was secretly rooting for the Bengals in the Super Bowl because then I could at least say we lost to the Super Bowl. Oh, sure, but of course. Right. Similar to the Royals, there was such mediocrity with the Chiefs for so long, and I'm still such a diehard fan that, I mean, I'm just flying high. I don't. I mean, if we win one playoff game, it's excellent. Yeah. yeah oh, sure. absolutely. Most of the early 2000s, we uh, had the worst home playoff loss record. Really? We were like 0-8, I believe. We lost eight times. Oh, wow. At home in the playoffs. 
That's oh. I did not realize that. No. Of course, some people would say, though, at least you made it eight times. So, <laughs> Correct. But. And now I get the other side of that coin living in the Detroit area. Ah, and these poor fans yeah. of this team here, it's awful. Yeah, and then their quarterback leaves and he goes and wins the Super Bowl. That, that must have been tough, yeah. <laughs> There are Stafford shirts at every store in town, though. Oh, really? Yeah, people are excited for him here. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's good. Well, I think they also know it's not, it wasn't necessarily specifically his fault. Yeah. So right. The franchise has just not been good for so many years. That is a true statement. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Jason, we got to take a quick break. You can stick around, though, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. You're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And we are lucky enough to be here with Jason Blazer all the way from Roxy. Lake Orion. Did she do that right? Nailed it. Nailed it. All right. And we have a couple more things to get into real quick. We never brought up in the first segment. Now, how did you start listening to Tony? When did you become a little? All that kind of stuff. So I remember watching the very first episode of PTI. I was bartending at the time and I used to go in and we had to put ice on all of the beer troughs. I would go in half an hour early so that I could ice down everything and then just sit there and just watch PTI at four o'clock. And so I did that and then moved back to Kansas City and I changed my life by buying my first smartphone and got into the podcast thing kind of right when they were taking off. Mm -hmm. And I first listened to the PTI, like the rebroadcast and podcast form through the ESPN app, which seems like a long time ago. Yeah. And ran out of stuff to listen to, essentially. So I was like, well, I really like PTI. And saw that Tony had his own show and started listening to it right then. That was probably like 2009-ish. Now, it's and kind of just never stopped, really. Yeah. Now, it's funny that you say that because, you know, I always wondered, like, why doesn't Wilbon have his own podcast? He doesn't? No. Yeah, I don't know how much the NBA thing takes up some of his free yeah. time that he feels like he can't be at one spot. Yeah, that's true, actually. Mm. He's always I mean, traveling. you know exactly yeah, where true. to find Tony. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's true. It's a good point. Although I guess these other duos never had solo podcasts even. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like Mike and Mike, they had, you know, they were a duo kind of thing. Right. And package and, deal. And most people know Tony and Mike, but. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, did you ever get to make the pilgrimage to Chatter or have you ever uh, gone to a Jingle Fest or anything I like did. That? So it actually just came up. Luckily, uh, the Facebook memories remind us of stuff. Uh, it was three years ago, right before it closed. Oh, wow. My uh, wife and I did a uh, four-day weekend thing and I went to a Monday and Tuesday show and actually was very fortunate when I went on that Monday, I got to meet Jamie Julian, oh. Joe Arrow, and Claire Natola. Whoa. There. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and what's funny is that I kind of have even since then dove deeper into like the little fandom. I knew who Joe Arrow was because obviously you hear his voice singing all the time, but I didn't know the other two. And now I uh, talk with Jamie infrequently informally but it's kind of developed into some relationships with littles it's it's fun little uh microcosm yeah oh, absolutely yeah same thing here we had never met any littles before this podcast none whatsoever we'd never uh i still haven't met jamie but we interviewed what her. made you decide to launch into the people around the tk universe well i guess i think i've said this before in some ways i was I guess a fanboy. Like then you join these Facebook groups, you see their posts all the time and they're smart and funny as it, the, the one group's called. And I don't know. I just, I was like, I'd love to hear Joe Arrow's speaking voice. I want for me also, yeah. because of being a professional musician, the jinglers just blow my mind sometimes, yeah. especially the turnaround jingles. When those were a thing, literally the next freaking day, they would have these ridiculous jingles. Now, I get that they're not writing the music and all that stuff, but still, just to put yes. the lyrics together and then to vocally perform it and record it and send it into the show, it just blew my mind. So I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Uh, one experience that I had was, so the trailer that was parked on the street, the, yeah, the of course. broken down trailer, the show where Tony railed on that for so long, he kept saying, in the middle of the night, <laughs> like in a very strange cadence, yeah. Yeah. And it was, as much as I absolutely love him and love the show, 
sometimes he says things that just annoy me at like this inside my guts kind of level. <laughs> and I keep hearing it over and over and over again. That was one of them. The other example I use is he says expertly and he really pounds that second syllable. Anyway, yeah. that aside, he kept saying it in the middle of the night over and over and over again. And I got to, in my head, the, uh, the Billy Joel. Yeah. In the yep. middle of the night. Yeah. And I reached out to Joe Arrow and I said, you know, you're high tenor. You should do this. Yeah. And man, he had full lyrics and it like laid down within 48 hours. Yeah. Oh, it blows my mind. So honestly, the whole quote, meet the littles thing, that just came. We did not plan that. Well, actually, we kind of maybe did. Meet the littles was an original thought for the title of the, the podcast. podcast but you we know. just it became a segment yeah. instead and that's yeah. fine and the funniest thing is now that i've been quote meeting these people and realizing how just amazing they are and how nice they are i probably would never i should i didn't even need to start a podcast i could have probably just emailed joe arrow and he probably wouldn't even think it was that weird say hey can i just call you and have a conversation with you bro <laughs> You know, like, absolutely. You know what I mean? And but it was much more fun this way. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it was like I, I, I called Dave from Bells Up Winery looking to buy my wife a case of wine yeah. and talk to him for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was it wasn't necessary for the transaction. It wasn't like he was, you know, we just essentially just got on a tear and just you just start talking. Yeah. Stop talking. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's it, and the community. It's we've said it a bazillion times. It's yeah, just such we've an been amazing blown community. Away by it, so. Now you snuck something in here earlier, and I meant to address it right away, and I forgot. But you mentioned that you made this pilgrimage to Chatter, and your wife came along. Now, what was that like? Yes. <laughs> Did she think you were crazy when you told her? So it was actually her idea. Oh, um, okay. My wife is absolutely one of those people that totally is excited about the fact that I have a thing that I'm excited about. Aww. And uh -huh. man, she could not care less about the show. <laughs> she doesn't want any details. She doesn't want anything. Uh -huh. But it was just like a, let's try to find an excuse to go have a four-day weekend. And this is something that you want to do, whether you've admitted it or not. <laughs> Essentially, kind of like... Roxy pushing you to do this podcast. Well, I was right? going to say, but did she start a podcast with you? Because I think I, I just a little edge that. No, but I understand. That's amazing. That's that's because same thing. She doesn't really have any interest yeah, in the so, podcast and all yeah. that stuff, but she'll listen if I have something. There's a couple times I'll say you have to hear this yeah. something, you know. Yeah, I have an email that was recapping. I tried to talk to my wife about when it was one of the stories where Tony was talking about the self-checkout lane in the grocery store. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to describe to my wife why it was so funny to me. Mm -hmm. And she essentially said, like, we flew halfway across the country to meet this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I essentially put that in email form. And that was one that Tony laughed out loud, on, which yeah. is always rewarding. Oh, oh yeah. Good. Affirmation baby, as they say. Oh, that's so funny. Affirmation baby. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, we're almost out of time. But we have to get to our fun, dumb questions. I hope that's okay. Of course. All right. Roxy, are you going to go fun, dumb? I was going to try. <laughs> I usually go with the more thought-provoking And they're the better answers, for sure. <laughs> but uh, What reality show do you think you would be the best on? That's a good one. Survivor, probably. Yeah? Ooh. Now you're talking our yeah, language. so the psychology of the whole thing is always fascinating. I actually had a multimedia class in college where on day one said it was like right after survivor ended and the teacher said survivor just ended and it had america on its the edge of its seat wondering mm -hmm. who's gonna win and you will get an a on this class if you can tell me who won so everybody was like writing down furiously whatever his name was and the answer was cbs ah uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> because the whole country had to watch this one show that was all about figuring it out. It was yeah. great. It's good. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I would not have gotten that. <laughs> we're big fans. We were very late bloomers. So we started very late. Yeah. I, I didn't start till like season 21 or 22. She didn't start till well after that when I, she just started kind of watching when I was watching and then. Yeah. I think Edge of Extinction was probably. I love that she knows the names. That's so hot, right? <laughs> No. <laughs> it was probably the first one that I watched all the episodes right. with you. But then I didn't watch for a year or two because you were out on tour. I was here in the yeah. city and I was just too tired to stay up with work. But during the pandemic, during 2020, we started binging 
Every, oh yeah, we started we start with one, season, season one. one. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, and just seeing the difference, difference and in the seeing filming how and everything. Yeah, how great. it progressed and how it got better and just uh, and worse and worse. I that's mean, I'm true. sorry, they were surviving back then. This is not Survivor now. They were eating rats in season three. But it was very boring. Well, absolutely. Okay, but, but it was very boring. Some of the challenges rats. I thought were really cool because there was not really a whole lot to them, but they were still challenging. Now they build all of these amazing sets, which, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But back then it was more of that raw feelings, yeah. those raw moments. And yeah, it's yeah. very interesting. I think throughout. 2020 and even through last year we're over halfway through watching all of them yeah i think we've gotten to a point where we're, we're maybe one or two away from from, yeah. from you repeating yeah it's been really fun i love survivor couldn't <laughs> be on it but would love it that's something else that's completely different from the start is that there was no such thing as streaming back yeah. when right. survivor was new yeah. so you couldn't wrap your head around going back and looking at each episode day to day yeah like you can now right yeah. It's a good show. That's a good answer. All right. What's one <laughs> hidden talent you have that no one knows about? I don't know about talent because it doesn't reap any kind of reward at all, but <laughs> I'm completely disjointed in both my shoulders where I can Ooh. reach all the way around my head and touch my ear on that same side. That's a good bar trick, though. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. That's a talent. I'd say uh, that's a talent. I don't know about cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it it's, de it's depends different. on who your it's audience unique, is. But, but cool. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's audience dependent for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So I just realized I made a note earlier after something you said that I wanted to ask this question. What's your favorite drink to make? So I worked at this one place uh, called Cafe Trio in Kansas City, and we would made really high-end old fashions. Mm used all the right ingredients and it was really like slow and a production which mm -hmm. was what made it so neat is that it wasn't necessarily about the drink it was about the pageantry of it and yeah. at the very end we would light a piece of cedar with a match so that there was then no more fumes anymore and you would cut off the piece of orange peel and squeeze and the orange oil would explode over the fire and blow that orange fire into the drink that was very neat very presentation forward wow you should see roxy's face right now <laughs> I got to see that someday. That sounds amazing. Yeah, see, Roxy's good at this listening to the people we interview <laughs> and then like going off of yeah. that. See, I just like to ask, you know, like, would you rather be the worst player on a team that always wins or the best player on a team that never wins? So I've heard this question before, and it depends on if it's like completely benched, like where if you're the worst player and you don't play at all ever in any way. Mm -hmm. you're just a hundred percent right the bench then in that case i'd rather be the other side because i want to play but if i'm like let's say it's like a basketball team i'm the worst of the five you know, i'd rather be winning than getting my butt kicked all the time so even if you were on the bench you weren't one of the top five but you and you played like the last three minutes because you're up 15 yeah if i got to play occasionally i got to be part of the game and not just like a literal like spectator right okay. i'll be on the winning team Okay. Nice. Would you rather live for a week in the past or the future? The future. I, I I've already lived the past, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be cool to go back and, and see like some of my ancestors and things like that that yeah. I never there got to meet. There are definite romantic notions of the past too. Things like you know, oh, you know, there was no TV and there was no we had right. to connect the. But also everything sucked. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No indoor plumbing. No showers. No, no AC. I mean, <laughs> right. No hot food. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, that bummed me out. We've got it pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we do have it pretty good. If you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would it be? Cartoon character for a week? I suppose, it. and this is so boring and so, like, obvious, but it would probably be Bugs Bunny. Why is that boring? He got to just, like, kind of skate through life being a semi-sarcastic guy, and he always won. Oh, yeah. You know, he didn't have to, like, really fight Daffy Duck. He just kind of walked through the scenario, and right. Daffy Duck ended up unraveling in front of him. Rabbit season. Duck season. Rabbit season. Yeah. Duck season. Right. I got you. All right, Roxy, one more, and then we got to get out of here. All right. If you could shop for free at one store, which one would you choose? Ooh. I've been really interested in looking towards getting an electric vehicle. Mm-hmm. Mm. So right now, my number one choice is this thing called Rivian's. I mean, I guess I could just say the Rivian store. And then, and then I just 
get the one I want, right? Yeah, exactly. What is, that? is that like Prius? Is that same kind it's of? It's all electric. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's, it's 100% electric. It's like Tesla, but like oh, a little right, bit right, more right. niche, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. That's a good answer because having a car and not having to pay for a car <laughs> is pretty sweet. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. Well, and we like, didn't put a limit. He could uh, have multiple cars. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. you could sell them, and so you then know. he could be rich. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Not kidding. Not, Not kidding. About. <laughs> right. Well, Jason, we can't thank you enough for coming on the Loyal Littles podcast. Is there anything we can plug for you? How can we get in touch with you? Are you on Twitter and all that stuff? No, actually, I mean, I have a uh, Twitter, but I don't even really remember the handle. I believe it's Blazers Fantasy. Oh, okay. Because we found you on I Facebook, I literally right? started it. Yeah, yeah. You found me on Facebook. I'm in the Loyal Littles, or yeah, Tony's group of Loyal Littles. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Uh, Facebook a, group. There's um, a three of them that I know of. I'm sure there's more actually, but yeah, I think I got out of one of them. It just got a little. People were bickering a little bit too much. The <laughs> one I'm in now is perfect speed for me. It's just kind of cruises along. Yeah. Wait, I have a question. I looked up Twitter Blazers Fantasy, and it says founder and CEO of Charmin Toilet Paper. Oh yeah, that's the right one. I, no, just complete BS. Just <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, it also just, says creator yeah, just, of Desperate just, Housewives. Just... <laughs> Compulsive liar. Probably, I see it. Okay. Oh, it says compulsive liar. Okay. <laughs> you should have went you with go. that. You should have just ran with that. You're saying, oh, should I have mentioned that? That would. That, been... that shows you how long ago I worked on my Twitter bio. I bet that I was probably actively watching Desperate Housewives at the time. Yeah, it says joined August 2010. So that sounds about right. <laughs> wow. Oh, it's called funny. Blazers Fantasy because I literally used it to follow people like Schefter and whatever for fantasy football information. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. That's great, though. Okay. You got her, though. That was good. <laughs> I know. I should have just kept reading, but. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, Jason, thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate the time. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Over. All it's right. not even a question. I love the dramatic pauses, though, that yeah, everyone puts in. Perfect. And uh, do you Chuck Todd it? Follow-up question. No, no. I, I, it's, I, you know, other people are allowed to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just not in your house. Right. <laughs> yes, correct. Gotcha. Oh, cool. if it's in my house, I absolutely change it. But I feel like that's not Chuck Todding. Chuck Todding oh, no. was, like, invading someone else's space. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, and I also feel like if you're a guest and it's in a guest bathroom, okay, like, I'm full disclosure, when I go visit my dad, for some reason in the guest bathroom, it's usually always under. And I'll just change it. If I'm the one staying there for the week, I'll just change oh, it. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. you know. I, so. would, I would absolutely do that at my parents' house as yeah. well. Yeah. It's but like the neighbor or whatever, I don't think I'd feel comfortable. Right, with. right. <laughs> yeah. And that's fair. I mean, I'm yeah. not going to go into his bathroom. No. I'm not going to go into their bathroom, <laughs> you know. But um, I don't know what we do if there was only one bathroom. But, you know, anyway, (laughs) way too much toilet paper talk. Jason, thank you so much. We really appreciate the time. (laughs) Thank you. It was a lot of fun. All right. All right, all you Loyal Littles. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast, the only podcast where you can hear Pat Ford talk about racehorsing. And now, back to Choxie. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast, and thank you, Jason, for coming on from Lake Orion. <laughs> right. We got the official uh, you know, pronunciation. I like that, and I love that he even said it wrong. Yeah. That was like my favorite part of the whole, po- <laughs> the whole episode. That was my favorite part. Dub. I feel like we stumped him. So, And we're going to get back to stump the host at some point. We, mm-hmm. we had a lot of fun with that last time. We got a lot of really good feedback on that, but we haven't done this in a long time. Roxy Ritz, let's get to the news. <laughs> Roxy. Yeah. You're not going to like this one. Oh, no. Headline, giant spiders nope. expected to drop from the sky across the East Coast this spring. What? Ritz, have you heard about this? I saw something on the news. Yeah. Um, and I was I didn't have the sound on, so tell me more. All right. Well, Roxy, I have some good news. It has a happy ending, sort of, for you. I don't care. That okay. sounds terrifying. An invasion of species of spider the size of a child's hand is expected to colonize the entire East Coast this spring by parachuting down from the sky, researchers at University of Georgia so announced last week. Clouds? Why it matters. Large Joro, I believe is how they're saying, spiders, millions of them, are expected to begin ballooning up and down the East Coast as early as May. Researchers have determined that the spiders can tolerate cold weather, but are harmless to humans as their fangs are too small to break human skin. So you got that going for you. I know, I don't either. 
The Jaro Spire is native to Japan, but began infiltrating the U.S. in 2013, concentrating in the Southeast and specifically Georgia, according to NPR. They fanned out across the state using their webs as tiny, terrifying parachutes to travel with the wind. So that's what they do. They okay, make so they're coming off of, say, trees, and they're using their webs as parachutes. So they're just kind of jumping off the trees, and that's how they're falling I, from I the guess. sky? I don't know. Roxy. I still don't like Gotta this. Gotta admire their cleverness. Yeah, right? Also, what age of a child? <laughs> like, what age? Roxy. Because well, there's a difference specifics. between a two-year-old hand and a six-year-old hand. Roxy, there's a picture here if you want to see No. It. Okay. Well, th- th- more good news, Roxy. Andy Davis, author of the study and researcher at Georgia's Odom School of Ecology, tells us that it isn't certain how far north the spiders will travel, but they may make it as far north as D.C. or even Delaware. Oh. So you're good, Roxy. Okay. Unless we do go to Jingle Fest. Okay. Uh, Remember last summer with Tony with the cicadas? Yes. Um, Everyone down there, you better jump on. You better tell me ahead of time if this is happening because I will opt to Skype in or something. (laughs) If that's true, because that is terrible and so Jerry's gonna have to guarantee that there will be no spiders at Jingle Fest. Yeah, or Jingle Tap, as we're calling it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, and then our last news item we have. Supermarkets eliminates use by dates on milk. Tell shoppers to use the sniff test. Ew. Okay, that doesn't work, though. Again, more good news for you. This is in Britain, okay? People in Britain will have to start relaying on their nose rather than their eyeballs when detecting whether or not a container of milk is still good to drink. A major supermarket chain, Morrison's, has announced that it will be eliminating use by dates of 90% of milk sold in stores. The decision is part of an effort to reduce the enormous quantities of milk that are disregarded due to consumer misunderstanding over printed expiry dates. The waste results in unnecessary carbon entering the atmosphere and a squandering of valuable resources required to raise dairy cattle. He then says customers should check milk by holding the bottle to their nose. If it smells sour, then it may have spoiled. If it is curdled and lumps have formed, that is also a sign it should not be used. Milk's life can be extended by keeping it cool and keeping bottles closed as much as possible. The move is hoped to cut down on the 330,000 tons of milk that are wasted in the UK every year, roughly 7% of national production. The vast majority of waste occurs in the home, with The Guardian reporting that milk is the third most wasted food item after potatoes and bread. I have a couple thoughts here. (laughs) Go ahead, Roxy. The floor is yours. So I used to drink milk like I breathed air. It was my go-to drink, but I still would... I always hated smelling the carton or the container i think milk smells gross when it's in its container when you pour it out fine so i'm sorry the sniff test doesn't work for me because no matter when i buy the milk even if it's that day and it's got a week before it so-called expires it still smells gross to me so i'm not going to do the smell test i'm going to rely on those dates and i'm going to rely on pouring it and if there's lumps in it then obviously it's bad it reminds me of the whole, like, when you smell something and it smells bad, you're like, oh, this is gross. Smell this. <laughs> you're like, what? No. I, you do that to me all the time. Well, you do it to me, too. Uh, <laughs> and I don't think this is part of the Have You Met Your Husband segment. You know I don't. I can't drink milk, right? I think I knew that. Yeah, yeah. You think you knew that? Well, but here's the thing. You put it in your cereal That's and true. then you do... I put it in eat. coffee. I can put it... I can eat ice cream. I'm eat. not lactose intolerant yeah. that I know of. I can drink chocolate milk. I, if I put something in the milk uh-huh. to get rid of the taste of milk... I have one for you. What? Putting an ice cube in your milk. Ooh, no, no, no. I, well, that doesn't matter to me because that, I can't That is milk, something so. my dad does, and he's listening to this, so I'm excited for him to hear this part. <laughs> but he used to, he always puts ice in his milk. Wait, and, your dad's listening to this? Yeah. Um, and, sorry, dad, about the lick it. <laughs> so, all right, go. <laughs> anyway, he puts ice in his milk, and growing up, I wanted to be daddy's little girl, little girl so right. I would put ice in my milk, and growing up in school, I had many people make fun of me for it, but I'm like, I don't care. It tastes good to me, so... Now, can we get back don't to the milk test? Don't knock until you try it. So what I do is yeah. I always, if it's a question, uh-huh. what I'll do is even if I'm pouring, mostly if I'm pouring my coffee, because that's normally what I, the only thing I put milk in, really, or half and half, whatever you want to call yeah. it. What I'll do is I do the curdle test. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what I'll do is I'll put a smaller little cup and fill it, not even a quarter yeah. full, and I'll pour milk in that. And if it doesn't curdle, I assume it's okay. Yeah. Ritz, what say you? So first of all, I was the kid in my family. Whenever there was any question, they would say, so let Ritz try this. 
<laughs> I seem to have the endless tolerance for bad food. All right. And that has followed me into adulthood. So even now in the family, they're like, dad, can you give this a smell or a test? <laughs> but what we've done in our family, because it really would frustrate me that we wasted a lot of milk. We've gone to almond milk, which yeah. has a really, really, yeah. really long shelf life. Uh, I love almond milk. It's opened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you love I've almond never milk? tried it. I just don't. Yeah, I I got into it. At, oh, I yeah, think, you like it. I think just out of college, I right. got into it. I really like it. I've come away from my drinking milk like I breathe air a little bit. But yeah, I would put ice cubes in my milk. And on St. Patrick's Day, I would put green food coloring in my milk. It was a whole <laughs> big thing. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, we had another new story, but we're going to end it there because we have to finish with a little... Well, it's not really trivia, right, Ritz? So you want to know what I posted today, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm the king of most nonsense, most trivia. I've won a lot of bar bets for my friends. So today is the 100th birthday of a guy named Cliff Mapes, who played on the New York Yankees for a very small career. I think he was on the Yankees for four years, maybe a major leaguer for seven. He's dead, though, right? He's not still alive, right? Correct. Oh, okay, Correct. would have been. Okay, gotcha. Just want to make sure. Would have been 100. Sorry yeah. about that. Oh, that's okay. But he's the answer to a very arcane bit of trivia in that he is the last guy to wear number three for the Yankees, and he also wore number seven for the Yankees. So number three, Babe Ruth. Number seven, Mickey Mantle. Now, do we know why that was? So it is kind of bizarre to think this, but actually when – Babe Ruth left the Yankees. I guess he left sort of under bad circumstances, whatever. But they never retired his number when he left the Yankees. Oh. Um, and then 1948, I guess he was about to die. They had a big ceremony at Yankee Stadium, and they retired his number. Cliff Mapes was wearing number three at the time. He oh. said, fine, I'll pick another number, which he did. And then in 1951, he was wearing number seven. They bring up this very heralded rookie by the name of Mickey Mantle. Very soon, shortly thereafter, the Yankees traded Cliff Mapes because they realized we got Mickey Mantle now. And Mickey Mantle took that number seven. Wow. Wow. Go win a bar bet. Yeah, right. Go (laughs) win a bar bet. All right, Ritz, as always, thank you for joining us this week. Thanks for ringing me in. Of course. Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can email us at WTFCPodNet at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at LoyalLittlesPod. We're also on Instagram at the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook page, the Loyal Littles Podcast. And thank you, Jason Blazer, once again for coming on to Meet the Littles. And thank you, Sean Morrissey, Kim Wilson, two L's, and Dave Patton for our bumpers this episode. Um, you forgot rate and review i'm over that rate us if you want <laughs> review us if you want i don't think anyone does it anyway apple so, and itunes yeah whatever go just do it rate and review us sure that negative psychology i like it Chuck. yeah right see i dare you i double dog dare you is that triple, <laughs> triple dog? dog triple dog dare, dare you. you to go rate and review us unless it's going to be a bad review then just don't even bother yeah and then but most importantly Again, don't forget, just head on over to the ESPN Bracket Challenge group. Search The Loyal Littles Podcast. And join. Password. Use the code. All one word. All lowercase. Make sure it's all lowercase. All one word. Use the code as the password if you need it. Like I said, I think if you joined last year, I think you can just rejoin. Mm -hmm. So don't Mm -hmm. forget to do that. And as always, if you're out shopping online tonight, Roxy and Ritz, don't forget to use the code. We flew halfway across the country to meet this guy. Joey woke up that morning with no intention of making waves, but the sun was shining on him. He had to stop and shield his face. To greet the birds and the bees and trees And to check on his friend the flower Under the stress of the autumn breeze And he asked Are you paralyzed by pain? Or afraid of the future? Yeah, there's some truth to that rumor Cause I'm a late bloomer Forget about yesterday Cause you lost
The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. I actually have a cute story about Uranus. Oh, yeah. So everything sucked.